Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby. We're talking derby and we're going to talk the recap today of the Kentucky Jockey Club, the latest prep season race on the road to the Kentucky Derby that was held right here beneath the Twin Spires on Saturday evening where Honor Marie and a new face to the road to the Kentucky Derby, trainer Whit Beckman, but not necessarily a new face, and we'll talk about that a little bit too as his trainee, Honor Marie, swept clear late down the lane to win the Kentucky Jockey Club by two lengths, earning 10 points on the road to the Kentucky Derby. I'm Kevin Kirstein, joined alongside Darren Rogers, another thrilling edition of the Kentucky Jockey Club, and uh, Honor Marie got the job done Saturday night. It was such a fun day. Um, I love the two-year-old racing. Uh, the fans around the country respond to the two-year-old racing. And forgive me, <clears throat> the cough that I have been battling, it, it, it seems like all year has yeah. finally materialized into a genuine cold. And so my voice may crack from time. There it is. There it is. May crack from time to time. I, need to I find apologize, it. but we are going to do this podcast nonetheless. I need to find the ding button on this uh, sound <laughs> right? just to hit the ding every time you crack. Maybe we need to name a horse Darren's cough too. Darren's cough. Let's well. Let's hope this like kind of puts it to an end. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yesterday an outstanding uh, twelve race program uh, at Churchill Downs, uh, and you know the fans responded. $12.5 million was wagered. I mean, that's a million dollars a race on average. So uh, people love the babies. And, uh, you know, Honor Marie, congratulations to Ribble Farms. Um, I love Whit Beckman's story. You know, he, he's a graduate. And how good are these trainers, by the way, here in Louisville right now? Yeah. You know, we everybody knows of, you know, you have the old school. You have Dale Romans, Greg Foley. Um, but you have, you know, from Norm Cassie to Phil Bauer, add Whit Beckman to it. These are natives of Louisville, and Whit Beckman, he graduated from the private school here in the Ville, uh, St. X, St. Xavier High School, and he served as an assistant back in the days of when Super Saver won the 2010 Kentucky Derby. He was working with Todd Pletcher at the time. Uh, more recently, he worked with trainer Chad Brown before going out on his own. And what was it? 2020, mm -hmm. 2021. He's only been around for a couple of years, but KK, you can speak to it. He has a ton of two-year-olds. Yeah. He has a lot of two-year-olds and, and I think it just speaks to how many of these owners respect the, the tutelage that wit has experienced throughout his career. You know, Chad Brown and Todd Pletcher are two very much top names that he has worked under. And uh, you know, wit, it's a great apprenticeship. Yes. And Witt is such the most even keeled trainer. I think that we have on the backside, he's just calm, cool, and collected at all times. And I think you need that in horse racing. Like horses respond to that. And, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, there's a lot of hardships in horse racing. There's a lot of highs and lows, uh, but Witt's sort of been even keeled throughout it all. And, and he comes from a great family too. A uh, lot of horsemen in his family. Uh, his sister was here yesterday. I know she's got a, a veterinary practice and, um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for, you know, his family and, uh, it's great to see now Wit uh, on the road to the Kentucky Derby with a horse like Honor Murray. Well, we talked about it on the, on the preview podcast about how, you know, if a, you know, kind of a, I don't know if it was a speed duel, but if a speed duel materialized, it was definitely a contested pace. 
um, and a weird race in a lot of ways. It was I, a rodeo I'm, going into that first turn. It, it, it was. It was a rodeo in the first turn, but it was more of a rodeo nearing that half mile pole. Um, you want to go over each horse? Yeah, let's That's do the it. best way to do it. Yeah, let's do it. Look, Honor Marie uh, went off at eight to one. Nice value there and ran the same race that, uh, you know, he, he did prior in that allowance contest against Otto the Conqueror. And I spoke of, I'm very high on Otto the Conqueror. And that race on October the 29th at Churchill Downs, that first level allowance going seven furlongs really was flattering because you had the runner-up, Honor Marie, come back and win the Kentucky Jockey Club. And third place finisher, Just Steele, won the Ed Brown. So that's a very productive race. Honor Marie, I'm just laughing at how I hit the high pitch. It's, <laughs> I feel like I'm in teen, a teenager again. Bobby Brady with the uh, the voice cracking. But uh, Honor Marie, um, you know, kind of fell out of the gate. Let everyone go into that first turn. Was very relaxed. Um Got an inside trip all the way through the final turn, and then he tipped out six wide and collared stretch ride at the three sixteenth pole. I thought it was a a very professional win as he drew away. Um, he I think was much the best because he lost a lot of ground going six wide into the turn and and down the lane. But um, as opposed to the runner up you know, real men violin who was ground saving most of the way. I think the top two had the the perfect trips within this race, right? They so, did. So real men violin saved all the ground and, and Anna Marie, you know, even though he went wide or, you know, nearing the quarter pole, he sort of got the best trip of seeing the speed duel and then the pace backing down abruptly on the backside worked out perfectly for him because he wasn't sort of up in that, you know, second flight of horses that really, you know, encountered some trouble right around the five eighths pole. He was I, able to, I think to, we just got to talk about that right off the bat. So you, you have right out of the gate, you've got, what was it? You had awesome road. And then, no, you, he had to take back. Yeah, no, he took back. Who was it? It was, no, you had, you had Nomos who was the, the, we, we had the, Nomos on the inside trying turf for the first time. And then the head case. And then you had, oh, who was who was between horses? It, it was one red. You had stretch ride between. So that's uh, it. And, stretch ride. And the between. long shot, one red cent. Yes. Okay. And that, thank you. Because I was sitting there going nuts. Wait, who the heck was yeah. between horses? So, yeah, they, they went three wide all the way into nearing the half mile pole. And they went the first quarter in 23 and three. And it's not like they, they went the half mile in 48 and two. So it's not like they really slowed it down, but they raced three wide go nearing that half mile pole. And you could see the other horses, you know, from risk it, who had to check repeatedly, um, from awesome road who went in on the inside, they really came together as a pack nearing the track kitchen. Yeah. And I kept looking at it at the time over and over again. So it didn't look like they slowed it down that much, but those horses clearly did because they pulled themselves into one big pack. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if they were really, you know, the riders in that second pack, maybe weren't as prepared of them to back it down, you know, just, and it was only, you know, what, two or three fifths of a second, you know, slower that mm -hmm. they backed it down, but you could see visually, uh, Luis Saez on Nomos and, uh, 
and, and Martin Schwan on stretch ride, you know, sort of really start to back it down. And then one red set and Gerardo Corrales, you know, we're sort of in a tough spot because I think he was basically done at that half mile pole. And that's when um, you, you had risk it and leading rider uh, Tyler Gaffleone, who sort of had nowhere to go from there because he was really sort of almost out of it by that time. And Tyler was forced to go sort of inside of him. Um, and you're right. So the time may not look at it, but it just almost looked like they were expecting that first flight to keep going. And they really didn't. Yeah. Uh, going back to the, you know, the runner up real men violin. I, you know, I thought he broke well, he let those others go and then he raced on the rail and he was one of those that, you know, dragged into the leaders near that half mile pole. He dragged his way all the way into the third. He ended up going three wide at that point. And, uh, then he was kind of stuck behind Nomos. Um, but I thought, you know, he darted to the rail, leaving the turn. Um, very professional move. I thought it was a nice effort, ground saving effort. Um, you know, like you said, he got a perfect trip. So that was the ideal scenario for real men violin. Um, I, I, look, if, if I'm buying or selling stock, I'm holding. Yes, that's a, a great point. I think he's definitely a hold uh, when he comes down this winter. I would buy third place finisher Stretch Ride though, who was a complete nutcase in the paddock. He, uh, you know, he got saddled, and then when he was walking around the walking ring, he actually, you know, I don't know if he saw something or what, but he was trying to back out all the way to the racetrack through the the, the walkway in the paddock, and and he was not having it. They finally, uh, Greg Blasey, the outrider. Um, went and got him and, and he brought him back into the paddock. And so for this horse to not only contest this pace between horses into the first turn on the backside and then sort of hang in there to finish third, you know, he was not really respected in his first two starts when he broke his maiden and won that first level allowance. I think he's going to gain a lot of experience um, from what he did in, in this race, both, you know, his antics in the paddock and, you know, the trip that he received on the racetrack because it wasn't, you know, necessarily a wire to wire trip. He was between horses and got some seasoning. So I think he can move forward off of this race. I think that's an excellent point, Kevin, because that would explain the lather on his neck. You'll notice it. Um, you know, it was a cool day here in Louisville. Um, there's no reason to have it. So he might've kind of run his race before the race had even been run. You're right. He was committed to the lead. Um, you know, he was in front of the top of the stretch too wide. He was outrun though. He was outrun. And, um, but, but the antics pre-race might explain why he was outrun. Yeah. And, and I don't think it was, I'd hold. Yeah. It wasn't as easy of a scenario, I think as his last two starts. Uh, what about risk it? Ooh, um, you know, he went three wide into the turn. Uh, and then he kind of took back two wide behind that trio of leaders. And as we said, you know, when they were nearing the half mile pole, he had to check repeatedly. And when I say repeatedly, I mean, what do you think, KK? I mean, uh, uh, Gaffleon was standing up in the saddle, standing up in the saddle for. I'm not going to go as far as a 16th of a mile, but it was pretty darn close. Yeah, it felt like, <laughs> you know, much longer than it probably was. Uh, <laughs> then he then he was able to, um, you know, once they got to the um, the uh, the turn kind of went five wide and um you know he kept on he was outrun but he kept on and so with all the checking i'd hold i'm not going to sell risk it just yet but you know he, he he's he, he's got to get better 
Yeah, I, I do agree. He needs to get better. He comes out of that Iroquois um, before this race where he was, you know, the closest to that torrid pace. And so I was really trying to, you know, get a grasp on, you know, if he was legitimate enough from that Iroquois. And I don't think you may have gotten it from this race just because of all the starting and stopping he had to do. Awesome road. I feel like he's one of those horses that's probably, as as Brad Cox referred to it as his different batch of two-year-olds that he has coming into this barn. He's probably not in the top four or five, I would say. I was really expecting him to run a, a much better race than he did uh, going off as a favorite in this race. I know he encountered trouble, but I was just, you know, he was just sort of blah to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you and uh, the people that bet him down to eight to five favoritism were uh, disappointed. Uh, he was away just okay. Um, he was kind of outfooted early, and he had to take back into the first turn. He, w- he ended up being four wide about a length off the lead at the half, and, and he loomed in the turn. And I, and I don't know if he was able to poke his nose in front uh, at the top of the lane, but he just came up empty. I mean, this reeks of turn back to me. So, um, I, I, you know, buy, sell, hold, I'm selling. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that point. Dancing groom, uh, who came in from Florida, uh, via New York last time. I just, he just didn't seem to handle things well as eight to one in here. I was, you know, I liked him going into the race thinking that he would do better at this two turn distance. And, uh, he just sort of, sort of didn't pick up his feet. Well, yeah. And, it, and it's funny. Cause I have a note here, you know, he was away just okay. He went three wide into that first turn and da- down the first turn, it looked like he was just spinning his wheels, Yeah, spinning his wheels. Like maybe he didn't like the track. He was four wide at the half mile pole. Um, you could see Castellano was pumping his hands, uh, through most of the race. And then he just, he, he was never involved. No. So, yeah, he's a sell. And then, uh, I think the, the last two place finishers, one red cent, the long, the long shot who contested the pace probably doesn't maybe belong with this type of uh, competition yet. He was 71 to one got beaten 18 and three quarters lengths. And then Nomos who, uh, finished last for Todd Pletcher trying the dirt. Uh, I think he's going to go back to the turf. I would assume. Yeah, I would I, at least back to the drawing board with Nomos, um, who just, I mean, look, he wanted the lead to avoid the cutback in my opinion. And, you know, he was on the inside and retreated, leaving the turn. Uh, they're going back to the drawing board. One thing about one red set, though, um, <clears throat> cut back and softer. You know, he broke from post position eight, and he was last of eight. He charged to the front. He was committed to that lead three wide. He left the turn. He didn't spit it the half mile pole. He left the turn in the fray with the blinkers on. But, you know, when he hit the 316th pole, I think the 316th pole hit him in the head like a two by four, and he retreated very quickly. With a cutback, this horse will be long odds, but he's not, um, I wouldn't throw him out in a shorter race so this off is, of that awful effort. This is Darren's twinspires.com stable mail for uh, maybe look at next race. So well, it's got to it's be, like I said, it's got to be cut back, and it's got to be a lot softer competition. But, you know, the poor effort on paper, and he was 72 to one, um, you know, he'll get overlooked in his next start. That was the Kentucky jockey club in a nutshell. Honor Marie earned a 96 Brisnet speed rating, uh, to put it in perspective in the breeders cup, juvenile fierceness earned a one twelve. Uh, so, you know, the, just comparing those two at this stage, 
Anna Marie sounds like sh- he's going to go. So I keep wanting to say she, as we did on the preview because of the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna Marie, he will uh, likely go down to fairgrounds where Whip Beckman has stalls for the first time this season. And we'll likely to see him on the road to the Kentucky Derby down in that great series at fairgrounds this winter. Yeah. I don't know if we saw the Derby winner. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, we have to keep it real. Um, but these horses can progress um, as the races go on. And, I thought, uh, you know, there were some professional performances. Some need to get better. Uh, what about the undercard, KK? Yeah, let's talk just deal for a minute. So uh, yeah. for, for Wayne Lucas, who won the Ed Brown, and, um, you know, I was so high on Booth coming into this race as, you know, he was bet down to, to such big favoritism off of his maiden win, and he just didn't run well at all. And just deal, you know, ran the exact opposite. He ran great in this race to uh, close from just off the pace for Wayne Lucas. Um, his grandson Brady and his great grand uh, children were in the winter circle. It's great to see this connection of this horse. And Wayne said, looked at me after the race. He said, this is a Kentucky Derby type of horse. And so, oh yeah, he'll be going back to two turns when he gets down to Oakland. Yeah. Uh, Hats off to the coach, 88 years old. He could still train. Uh, you know, just steals one of those horses that were, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Be forgiving from time to time. Be forgiving. Uh, this is a son of justify who, um, you know, he, he, he was breaking from post six of eight and he broke out and he kind of squeezed Deviato right at the start and made a little contact with the three to five favorite booth. Um, he tracked you know, that contested pace five wide at the top of the lane swung out. And I thought he really powered home inside the final eighth of a mile. And the coach thinks, you know, the way he lengthened his stride inside that final furlong, he has no question about going back to two turns and that's where you'll see him at, uh, down at Oaklawn. But yeah, he paid $27 and eight cents for a $2 win bet. Yeah. And, and don't be surprised if you see second place finisher, Agu, also trained by Whit Beckman. Um, you know, this is a horse that, you know, he may not be good enough, but I wouldn't be surprised if you can see him in some stakes races down in the future. So it's good to see Whit with those, another one of those two-year-olds and, uh, going back to just steal for a second with Wayne Lucas, Wayne, said after the race, he said, I love the justifies and he's already talking about how he has more coming into his barn that he just bought at the sale. So 88 years old, he ain't done yet. And he's got more coming on the way. So oh, no, the justifies are running uh, left and right right now. Yeah. Um, just steel was one of three horses that won on the uh, three Colts that won on stars of tomorrow that they gave a half a million dollars for the sales. Another one was track phantom who broke his maiden going a mile and a 16th for Steve Asmussen. It's a son of quality road. The dam is miss sunset. Um, this sunset is by into mischief. You might remember her. She won the Raven run and eight other stakes. Very nice. Uh, win by track phantom broke. Well, went right to the front, um, was outside of the bolting with Stucky. Uh, who was, you know, an 18 to one shot into the first turn, but, um, you know, he was never really pressured. Surf city came within a half length on the turn, but track phantom rolled, um, at the three sixteenth pole and he was geared down late. I think this is a horse worth looking at because you might remember that in his previous start, he was beaten by real men violin who ran second in the Kentucky jockey club. So track phantom could be in that mix with those same types of horses. Yeah, we know that Steve Asmussen will end up with him on a spot on the road to the Kentucky Derby uh, come this wintertime. Where that might be, 
who knows? Because uh, Steve's game to run pretty much anywhere, but he's definitely one that I wouldn't be surprised next time out. He's on the road. The other half million dollar purchase that really impressed me was Legalize, who broke his maiden going seven furlongs. I thought this was one of the better performances on the day. Went right to the front, gate to wire under Louis Saez. Cherie DeVoe trains the son of Constitution. It's out of an unbridled song mare. Um, I, I thought this was a nice win over El Magnifico and linebacker as those two chased. It's kind of a merry-go-round race, but I thought it was, I thought it was very impressive. I thought it was fast. Yeah. I think even though it was merry-go-round, the keyword there was fast and the uh, figures came back fast on this horse. And, um, I, I think those were probably, uh, the four horses that we mentioned, you know, with going back to the jockey club, the Ed Brown, and these two were the, the four I'd keep an eye on, uh, towards the road to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And I, I, I I'm just going to take a hat off to, I don't think it's a road to the Derby horse necessarily, but who day for uh, uh, Tommy Drury jr. This is a half to Everett song who won the Harrods Creek at Churchill Downs, uh, 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 not too long ago. Um, four for four for the Ohio bread, <laughs> got a victory in a first level allowance at one mile. Um, Liam's map on the top. I have no problem going two turns, but it's an Indian Charlie mare on the bottom that suggests, you know, that mile distance, maybe a mile of 16th might be the limits, but four for four under John McKee and, and, and Tommy Drury and uh, Maccabee farm. Let's get Johnny McKee back in the Derby. That'd right. Be great. Some old school there for Derby 150, but this horse does need to get faster, but you know, kudos to, for everything that you just said right there. KK, what'd you think about the Phillies? Uh, intricate was a very impressive winner of the uh, goldenrod for Brendan Walsh under Tyler Gaffleon. Gaffleon, what, won four of the 12 races on the uh, Stars of Tomorrow program. Intricate is, you know, a, a, a daughter of Gunrunner out of a distorted humor mare, uh, Torpedo, or Thorpedo, Anna, uh, you know, probably bounced uh, after that very fast effort and wheeling back pretty quick. But intricate, professional, one by five plus lengths, and I thought that was a very handy win. Yeah, sort of figuring things out, just like uh, her, her stablemate, pretty mischievous, did last year at this time. And so uh, great to see, you know, Brendan Walsh, you know, the the reigning Kentucky Oaks uh, winning trainer, come back again in this race, and uh, she'll be on the road to the Kentucky Oaks down at Fairgrounds after this performance. I'm. I'm think Thorpedo Anna is a very nice filly, but that was her third start in five weeks uh, to see her run the way that she did and hang on for as long as she did. I thought that was impressive too, uh, but maybe she'll just get a little bit of a break next time and, and come back fresh. And I'm willing to give her another shot on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. Just a couple other horses worth noting. Uh, you almost had me was a nice winner for Brad Cox uh, of the Fern Creek. Uh, that was sprinting six and a half furlongs. Uh, you don't see many daughters of Oxbow, <laughs> but um, sprinting nonetheless. But uh, she's been uh, very good winning four of six starts, nearly a half a million dollars in her career. Uh, that was a professional win coming along the inside rail uh, from the back of the pack. And Brad also had another one, Denim and Pearls, uh, a full to Newgate. We mentioned this on the show uh, last week that uh, this is a daughter of Into Mischief. It was the other Brad in the race. Um, and then the third place finisher, keep an eye on we bit of mischief for Dale Romans. This thing finished uh, a, a roaring third from the back of the pack. Uh, but those were some horses I think worth watching on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. Absolutely. A fun stars of tomorrow two card on Saturday at Churchill downs. The action will, uh, continue hot and heavy on the road to the Kentucky Derby throughout the month of December. Um, and, and you know, we're, 160 ish days away for the first Saturday in May. And we're counting down 
very quickly here beneath the twin spires. If you enjoyed this uh, podcast, please give us five stars and subscribe uh, for our four star performance. And KK, do you know what the best thing for a horse voice and someone who has a cough? Woodford Reserve. With 200 flavor notes in every sip, probably a few more if you add some honey to soothe your your throat. Uh, Man, is that a spectacle for the senses. I will be consuming plenty uh, as we try to get this, this, this cough, this voice on the mend. I believe we'll be back next week uh, with a preview of the Remsen. Uh, That'll be probably Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening ish. And uh, then we'll be kind of off to the farm. Yeah, the holidays. Exactly. But uh, we'll make it big and better next week for the talk in the remps. And we'll talk Mage's little brother, Doorknock, who's uh, expected to be the headliner in that race. So it'll be a fun rendition of the Remsen and uh Dutro's got one too. Where's Chris? Yeah, where's Chris on the Kentucky Derby Future Wager? He's very intriguing as well. So yep. uh, we'll talk about all that and more. I know Chad's got one too. Oh man. It'll be a good race. Your buddy Chad. Uh it'll be a fun show next week. We'll uh, make sure you like and subscribe so you can get those automatic updates right to your favorite podcast app uh to when that show goes live. Until then I'm going to hit a deposit button on my twin spires because I lost it all yesterday on Stars of Tomorrow too. But Don't fear. Lots of great promotions on there, too, to get some of that money back and get ready for Derby 150. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk soon.